skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like blockers remorse, being exhausted by your friend's dating drama and being <laughs> constantly let down by the people we love. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a real upper. I feel like you wrote in, uh, you wrote in about me that second letter. You're <laughs> oh, like, yeah, damn, sure. I'm just so fucking sick of talking to Sierra about dating. <laughs> That's right. God, she's married. Isn't she over it by now? Ah, uh, Yes. Before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed therapists or even Mm-mm. licensed pon- podcasters. Mm-mm. No, we are not professionals. We are not trained in this. Our opinions are are just our own. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day that, like, even things that we say to one person that we believe in wholeheartedly, like, might not 
apply to another person and their life and mm. their reality or their situation. Um, I like to think that our advice is one size fits all, but it's really like one size fits some. Some. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so this is, uh, this is all to say, please take our advice as you see, see fit. Sam and I are here to just offer our humble musings. So we've said some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. So, Sam, before we get started, I first need mm-hmm. to tell the listeners that you are wearing right now, presently, one of our new Just Break Up bike hoodies. They're so cute. He's wearing mm-hmm. the Heather Gray one that has like a cute illustration of a, like, it's supposed to be a Just Break Up listener listening to the podcast with headphones in, biking past the beautiful clouds. Anyway, I've always wanted to be on QVC. So this I feel like this is like getting me close to that dream. Oh, my God. I did an Instagram live (laughs) of showing the new products that are on our website like a week and a half ago. And I I said that I was like, I feel like a QVC person because I was like, (laughs) and it's so cute. It's so comfortable. You can wear it anyway, you know. No, honestly, it is super comfortable. You sent this to me and I got it like four days ago and I I've literally worn it for four days straight. Yeah, yeah. Quarantine Because it's that comfy. <laughs> and also, like, I have no one to impress at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Except yourself. Um, anyway, it's so cute. And I bring this up because not only because Sam is wearing it, but because we are running one more sale before uh, the end of the holiday season. Um, from now until Friday midnight on Friday, the 11th of december we are having free shipping on the entire store uh no matter how big your order you're um you're gonna get free shipping within the u.s no international shipping yet i'm sorry to our international listeners i love you i promise that we're gonna get it soon and that i'll i'll do special sales just for you guys um but right now shipping within the u.s is free and you can find all of our new products including the sweatshirt that sam is wearing right now at justbreakuppod.com if you have a last minute christmas gift to get Hanukkah gift. Oh, and happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah starts this week That's to right. our Hanukkah celebrating friends. Um, I love the idea that this is last minute gift shopping because I have not started mine. So, <laughs> Which leads us into our check-in t- topic, which is mm-hmm. um, gift giving in relationships in general. Like um, how the fuck do you decide what to get your partner? But also um, like gift giving anxiety or like during this, you know, during this holiday season, I feel like there's so much pressure to spend money um, or like if your gift giving styles or budgets are 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 differing, um, mm. you know, so let's just have like a general like a menagerie conversation about gift giving mm-hmm. and this holiday season and and relationships, because this is technically a relationship podcast. Is it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> this whole time I've just been talking about whatever I want to. Yeah. Anyway, what we have, if you want to hear it, it's on our Patreon. <laughs> Subscribe at patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. <laughs> that is true. Okay, um, so yeah, what do you want to share about gift giving this year? Uh, I'll say that like I, gift giving is like my least favorite. Um, what Love are they language. Mm-hmm. Love languages, yes. Yep. Uh, um, like it doesn't, and here's the thing that is really stressful about this holiday season is that like I in past past holiday seasons, like I've viewed gift giving as an act of service, like going to the store, like picking something out and like, like doing, doing what I need to do in order to like get people the gifts. But it's actually like, it's a 
it's me showing them I love them by like going through the process of it. But because like Minneapolis is in like uber lockdown right now, because we're like the epicenter of this virus right now. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not going to go to a store and like look around and touch a bunch of things and hang out with a bunch of people. And like, I don't want to just like order a bunch of shit on Amazon. Like I'm actively like trying to avoid that these days. Right. So it's, it's challenging for me because it doesn't feel like an active service anymore. It just feels like a, Oh, I just got to get this done, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's feeling like much less meaningful this year. Add to that on the pandemic front that, you know, so many people's lives look different this year, you know, whether you're Mm -hmm. not going to see your family or maybe you are experiencing financial hardships or you don't want to leave your house because you feel unsafe. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many reasons why this season is manifesting in different ways. And I just want to like highlight that because if people are feeling, if you're feeling stressed right now, because you can't afford um, the same level of gift giving, or you can't see your family, like stop and take a moment, take a breath and realize that we're, we are yet again under some strange and new circumstances and expecting ourselves to be the same or be perfect during a time mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. crisis and a time of stress is like a form of uh, active self-loathing, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so just be easy on yourself. The holidays can bring a lot of stress and you don't need to add more stress to your plate. Um, yeah, I think that's that's so right too, because... Um, I think one of the things that this pandemic has like taught me during this time is to like to really examine the things that I was doing just because these are the ways that we've always been doing them because mm. that's not possible anymore. Um and really ask those important questions of um of why do we spend so much money on each other at Christmas <laughs> and buying like these gifts, you know? Yeah. Um, Especially if it's not if it's not your love language. Mm-hmm, for sure. And um and Peter and I have talked about it and we both agreed to not do gifts for each other this year because it's mm. it's really stressful. Um, and so we're just going to commit to spending extra money on ourselves uh, in the month of December to <laughs> like, to like counteract it. Like, yeah, instead of, instead of like trying to find the perfect gift for me, just buy the thing that you want to buy for yourself and, and we can have permission to do it. <laughs> yes. Willow just brought Sierra a cupcake and Sierra is <laughs> very excited about it. <laughs> I didn't think she was going to do it. I, <laughs> thank you. I love you. Um, it is 1030 in the morning, my time. And I asked my wife to bring me a cupcake in bed as I record this episode with you. Anyway, <laughs> her love language is acts of service. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I love that. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you because I loved what you were saying, um, because I also love picturing you like buying yourself a book and being like, thanks, Peter. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And that's it's nice to to give ourselves permission to like treat ourselves well too, as opposed to having to like go through the, the like task of what feels like a burden or like a chore to like buy people presents. And like, to be clear, I totally understand that other people love gift giving and like couldn't imagine not giving people presents because it's like, it's how you express your love. But for Mm -hmm. me, it's like, it's such a it's such a relief to not have to worry about it. Of course. Of course. I also want to like use that piece of advice from you to segue into saying like, y'all, again, just because you've done things in the past doesn't mean you need to continue them. It's the same about mm-hmm. all of our own personal behaviors and patterns. Like, um, you know, if your family sp- spends a ton of money on Christmas presents or Hanukkah presents um, or, you know, birthday presents or whatever, and you don't 
want to participate in that way or can't, uh, don't overextend yourself. Like break the pattern, set up some boundaries. There, There is such thing as financial boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And making sure that you are showing up in a way that is authentic to you um, and healthy and sustainable for you. Let me tell you, a bitch has gone into debt from dating a toxic person. <laughs> like, I, I remember a relationship in which I was like, oh, my God, I'm so inadequate. Let me pay for everything for you. Mm. And then I, you know, paid off that credit card debt. This year, so that's right. Do you want to talk about you need a budget? <laughs> okay, use everybody download YNAB in January. Start your life out right with you need a budget. It's a great budgeting app. It's like it's in my top five of all of my favorite blind dates I've ever suggested. That's amazing. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's end on one thing. Let's touch on um, gift giving for significant other. If like this doesn't come naturally to you or you don't want to do it or like maybe you're new in a relationship and you don't know if you get a gift like what is your what's a what's a general guideline that you could give the fine folks of just break up i don't know good luck (laughs) (laughs) uh no i feel like it there's so many unwritten expectations when it comes to gift giving in relationships and it's and I'm just like honestly glad we're at a point where it's like okay let's just like not, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, yeah. not do the charade you've been together anymore. long enough that you're like okay honey yeah you it's like we really gifts at some point right right and I was it's like it's you really peaked when you did the the handmade portrait of Todd like that's where can you go from there you know right. so and you know what's funny is that I know you're talking about Peter but that could also apply to me because I've also painted you. A portrait of Todd. <laughs> it's on my Christmas tree right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that was like my peak artistry. It was. It's very good. Mm-hmm. In a way that I don't understand as like a not artistic person, I'm just like blown away by people's ability to do. Will stuff you post like that. a photo of it for me so that I yes, can, I so that yeah. I can share share it. <laughs> anyway, um, y'all. So kind of aligning what's with what Sam said. Like, remember, you can. There are no rules, but you don't have to overextend yourself. Like if you're mm-hmm. not in a relationship with someone, but gift giving is your love language, like maybe you still don't buy them that very expensive gift or or mm-hmm. whatever. Generosity mm-hmm. does not equal lovability, right? Mm-hmm. Overextending mm-hmm. yourself doesn't make you more desirable to someone. Um, and I know that like I'm getting wildly specific in that situation, but I'm just thinking about the people, myself included. Who used gift giving as a way to overcompensate for what we felt like we were lacking. And Mm -hmm. I just guess, you know, since this is a relationship advice podcast, I want to say that you don't have to overextend yourself this holiday season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's okay to do the easiest thing at this point. And I mean, at every point, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I feel like I've always put the burden on myself of like, well, if I don't put a lot of time and effort into this, then it won't be meaningful but right. I don't know. At this point, if you want to just, you know, for many years, I like made candles for people, which is like a super economical thing to do, like not expensive or like infused boozes. Also, not super expensive to do. Um, and like, that's OK. I'd, Write a like card and say in the card, you can say, I don't have a lot of um, I can't stretch myself too thin this holiday season. But I wanted to take the time to let you know um, how much I appreciate you. Absolutely. You know what's a great gift? Gratitude. Yes. <laughs> That's agreed. the corniest thing. But so <laughs> fucking true. 
Anyway, what snarky thing are you about to say? <laughs> I didn't. Nope. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all right. Um, do you want to get into our first letter? Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Okay. So our first letter is from Blocker's Remorse, who is writing to us from Purgatory. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First and foremost, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your care, your wisdom, your sensitive and strong hearts. You've both been companions to me during this strange time, and I can't express my appreciation enough. My situation has to do with a block, block, block remorse. I recently broke up with my boyfriend of about a year and a half. Even though our relationship was filled with fun, easy conversation, lots of goofing around, shared interests, and a sincere effort to grow together, ultimately it wasn't sustainable. While there were so many great things about our partnership, uh, from really early on, I felt judged by him. There was always this internal whisper of, you're not doing enough in my ear. Let me get this out of the way. My ex is a comedian. I am in an adjacent creative field. I freelance writing and illustration, and I often felt like he looked down on my tastes. I even confronted him about this, and he admitted it was in part true. Though he wasn't overtly condescending in the months after that discussion, he never made me feel fully safe, and this pattern repeated in a number of different issues we've faced. It would go like this. I would feel like something was off and bring it up. He would listen, contribute a few words about his perspective, and then always say he was sorry, soften, and atone. He would write me nice letters or buy me flowers, but then nothing would really, truly change. Sometimes I thought that it was me, that I couldn't let go of my hangups, that all of these problems were rooted in my insecurities. But then when I paused to really reflect on it, I realized that I had a ton of other people in my life that didn't make me feel this way, judged and small. I don't think it was ever his intention to cause me hurt, but it still made being together painful in a way that was hard to name. It felt like I was always filtering my actions through his perspective. Now I think that maybe our insecurities were in relationship with each other instead of our strengths. Mm. We also, I know, isn't that so profound? Yeah, that's a great, great quote. We're going to steal that, just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Find it on Just Break Pod on Instagram. (laughs) Over time, I felt myself becoming more and more diminished. I lost myself in his life and his happiness, and I felt an ache of sadness all the time. It was the sadness of, it will hurt if I stay, and it will hurt if I go. I stayed for many many months before deciding that the unknown was better than the anguish that I was feeling so often. As I write this letter, I see that this relationship is still taking up so much space in my mind and heart. It brings me, finally, to my current situation slash question— In the weeks after our breakup, we continued to follow each other on social media. Eventually, he tweeted something that alluded to our breakup uh, and my heart sank. I had seen him tweet about past relationships before, and I think deep down, part of me was always afraid of getting on, quote, his bad side should he decide to make snide comments about me online or in his stand-up sets. As someone who is anxiously attached and can't help herself when it comes to social media stalking, I decided I wanted to draw some clear boundaries. We met up for a final chat and I explained to him that I wanted there to be some space between us when it came to Twitter and Instagram. I told him that seeing his jokes and posts was impeding on my healing and he even agreed that seeing my work was affecting his too. I told him that I was going to block him and he was seemingly okay with it. Later that night, I gave my roommate my phone and told her to just do it. 
She blocked him on all of my accounts and immediately I felt awful like it was the rudest thing I could have done. I texted him and thanked him for being understanding of my needs and for not making fun of me for calling social media, quote, a digital canvas when we talked. I know, major cringe. After effectively undermining the boundary I had just set, he responded with something short, the gist of which was, quote, if you don't want to see me make fun of you, don't look at my Twitter. I was up all night thinking about that comment. I was sad, remorseful, angry, and afraid of what he might say about me. Was it too aggressive to block him when I was the one who initiated the breakup? Why do I feel worse now than I did when, when, he, when I was still following him, him and had access to his life and his content? And what do I do if I find out he's talking about me? Be the bigger person and ignore it or say something? Mostly, how do I move on from this and accept that I don't have control over what he or anyone else says about me? How do I forgive myself for finally setting some boundaries? Any help would be incredible. Even if you don't pick this letter, thank you for reading, for being you, and for making space for the heartbroken to heal. Oh, I love that so much. Sincerely, Blocker's Remorse. Let me tell you, Blocker's Remorse, I fucking love this letter. (laughs) (laughs) I love so many things about this letter. Um, I love how considerate and mindful you were in writing it. Um, I love how considerate and thoughtful you were to your own feelings, the discomfort that you felt in that relationship. Like, I I just like feel so drawn to you in this letter. Um, And first and foremost, I just want you to give yourself some of the softness that you write about in this letter, right? Mm. Um, you did so much right. I just want to like commend you for what you did right. You were in a relationship that was good, but it, you knew in your heart that it just wasn't right, and you broke up. You honored your feelings. You you manifested your most authentic self, right? Even in the face of discomfort. And that's an amazing thing to do. You could have stayed with this person for another five years and then finally realized that you don't that deserve to feel small all the time. I loved what you said about you decided that the unknown was better than the anguish that you were feeling. That takes courage. The mm-hmm. unknown is scary. And you faced the unknown with such bravery and softness and with vulnerability. All, all I read in this letter is vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. You fucking wanted to block your ex and you called him and had coffee with him first. Like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people could just would just do it. But instead, you explain to this person why you needed this boundary. Right. Which is an act of kindness in itself, but an unnecessary one. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Sierra is absolutely right in this is if like part of me just wants to congratulate you about honestly like getting rid of this this man who was being not kind to you mm-hmm. um of making the really intentional step to put distance between the two of you um and and committing to that like that's those are all things that you should be celebrating even though understandably it also sucks and hurts at the same time and like the reality is is that both of those things can be true right it can really suck and be painful and also it can be a really good thing that you just did mm-hmm. And so I do want to talk about like you are feeling worse now than you did when you had some access to his life. And I think that's absolutely 100% normal. It's normal to feel like you are suddenly um, worse off by the fact that you can't continue to 
check in on him and make sure he's not talking about you and like feel like you have a little semblance of control over him and how he's responding in this breakup. Like it's, I think it's normal to feel like that the loss of that, that semblance of control is making you feel worse. But here's the thing is that that control was fake. Like it was an illusion. It did not exist. And now you are actually able to control how you interact with him, right? Because right. you are you are taking control of the thing that you actually have control over, right. which is how much access he has to you and how you are going to react and respond to him. Right. You can't control whether or not he tweets about you or puts weird things on Instagram. He's a, an adult and a separate person from you and he can, you know, think it's comedy to like make fun of his exes or whatever, which is exactly what we do, so I shouldn't be <laughs> I should not be judging him. <laughs> <laughs> but the really the only thing that you can do is is control how often you engage with him and yeah. i think it's good that you've said none because i know that it's not healthy for me to do that and and this feeling of withdrawal that you're feeling is going to lead you to a healthier feeling later on oh i love that word withdrawal because i also think you're feeling it my darling mm-hmm. anxiously attached boundaries i mean excuse me black blacker's remorse um, you, I also think you're feeling a withdrawal from caretaking, right? Mm. I read caretaking all over this letter, right? All of the work that you did for him in his relationship, some of which I cut out of the letter for brevity, um, but you know about all of the caretaking you did in the act of enforcing your boundary, right? That you were like, listen, I'm going to do this thing for myself and my healing, but I'm going to do it in like the most kind and and thoughtful way. I'm going to talk to you about it, you know, like all of this. But remember, even if your boundaries hurt someone, it is not your responsibility to comfort them. And Mm -hmm. I know that's a really hard thing to internalize, especially in this world in which we are told, um, especially as women, right, that like our worth is in our maternity. Our worth is in how much we can nurture other people, how much we can give of ourselves. And honestly, that's not a gendered thing. Um, but we do see that stereotype played out a lot um, with women and like, I don't know, like fucking raising their significant others, you know, mothering them. Um but yeah, you don't have to that another part of the withdrawal you're feeling is like, oh, my God, I did. I I denied myself from this person. Like, how how dare I? But like, mm. how dare you n- not? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But like, there's like a lot of negatives in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Okay. Of words, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um, the other thing I want I, I love what Sam said about control, about that. That was the control was never real in the first place. Anytime I think about control, um, it frees me. Every time I realize how little control I have, it like it's as though my anxiety has a thousand hands and like half of them are forced to like release whatever they're holding on to. You know, mm-hmm. when I remember I don't have control, like you, what you think you're carrying, you're really not. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But something that triggers that, which I see reflected in your letter, letter as well, for me, I mean, uh, is the idea that people there are people out there that don't like me or that i can't control the narrative that they know about me you know i i have anxiety to this day about exes friend groups and what they think about me um Mm. because i think it's a very vulnerable thing for us to realize like well an ex could be out there telling a story about me that i don't agree with Mm -hmm. but where the 
understanding about control is comes to it's not just you can't it's not just that you can can't stop your ex from talking about you it's that you cannot control their experience and understanding of you it doesn't matter how nice you are it doesn't matter how um uh limitless your giving is there are people out there who will just not carry the same story of you that that you that you want to be told Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think that's real. Everyone has an has a different experience in every relationship. Um, and it's, you know, even like me and Peter who live together and spend at this point right. 24 hours a day together <laughs> right, have very different experiences of our relationship. And if we ever get divorced, we will have very different right. narratives of how this relationship progressed and where the challenges were that might overlap in some places, but will be completely different. And I think it's actually freeing to come to that conclusion because it means that then we don't have to put so much time and effort into trying to control how other people are experiencing us and our narrative, right? Like we don't have to make sure that they think that we're a good person because if they don't think we're a good person, then that means that we're not a good person because our realities have to match. Right. And and that's not true, right? Like if we can accept the fact that like, all I can do is show up in a way that is authentic to me, that is an authentic to me knowing that I'm a good person and however they interpret that isn't, is outside of my control, then it frees us to just sort of be more authentically ourselves, which is really how we should be showing up in the world. Right. I totally agree. Um, And I also want to touch on your vulnerability. And I want to point out that, you know, blocking always sucks, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Right. And it sucks for all parties. Right. Mm. (laughs) Um, Well, sometimes I'm sure. I was like, that's not true. When I blocked, it was really great. It was liberating (laughs) for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly what I was just picturing it there. I was like, wait a minute. Um, but l- let me just say, you know, like it is how about it's it's never a um it's here we go, another with like the bunch of negatives. It's never not an easy no no wait, it's never <laughs> it is sometimes a hard pill to swallow. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. <laughs> um but and and why I say that is like let's let's talk about your ex for a minute, right? <clears throat> mm. Um, it is it is possible there is a world out there in which, um, if in which this goes to everybody, there's a world out there in which the person you need to block is going to have a mature, empathetic understanding of why you needed that boundaries, but it's. It's really hard to not let that ego step in and to not mm-hmm. let that pain step in. And it's very mm-hmm. obvious to me, Blocker's Remorse, that your ex's pain flared up in that petty little text that he sent you, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if looking back on his life, he's, he, I, I imagine he's going to be like, well, no, this is a little dramatic. But like looking back, if that's the last thing he says to you, he wants that to be the last thing. Yeah, right. Like, you know, don't look at my Twitter because I'm going to make fun of you. on Yeah, it. Like, yeah. That's oh, what I'm saying. Okay. Like, that sounds dramatic. He's not going to he's not going to remember <laughs> that. But like if we could zoom out for a second, that is so obviously a statement of pain to me. But that being said, 
um, you showed up to him with vulnerability and said, this is impeding my healing. And he said, yeah, like me too, bro. But like, don't look at my Twitter. And so don't, (laughs) don't feel bad because you showed up with vulnerability and he like peed on your leg. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't, don't, don't feel bad. Like instead see that as a reinforcement of the choice that you made to leave him. Mm. And, an, a reinforcement in the choices that you're making in your life to be vulnerable, to 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 lean into your softness, to show up with empathy and compassion. Um, I don't want you to. I, I scolded you earlier about feeling bad about putting up your own boundary, but I also like. I, I want to commend you for this. You're being your humanity is showing, and it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And and he couldn't meet you there, and yeah. that's okay. We all have we all have the right to to express our pain when we feel it, right? Um, Absolutely. But, but but you tried to do something in which you were like, "Wow, I just did a a really awkward, uncomfortable thing for the for the good of both of us." But haha, isn't it uncomfortable? And he was like, "Haha, no, bro." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you tried to meet yeah, him no. at his humanity, and he couldn't do it. For sure, and I appreciate you calling that out because I did want to talk about that. And this being an example of why, why I caution people, especially folks who have been the like From dating comedians. Sub- <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It was too easy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, why I why I discourage folks from who, especially folks who have been like the caregiver in the relationship, from trying to have like this last conversation where mm. you because you know, vulnerability is important. And I think that people who are capable of being vulnerable are like superheroes in our, in our communities, right? Like it's amazing. And also I think it's important to remember that like when we talk about vulnerability, we also have to be discerning about who we show vulnerability to. Wow. Right. Like Brene Brown talks about it in her book when she's like, you know, the, the folks in the arena are the ones that matter, right? The folks in the arena who are like with the blood and the sweat and the the dirt. tears on their faces covered in dirt, right? Like doing the work, like fighting hard to 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 sort of move towards something. Um, and that the people who are the spectators who are commenting on those things without doing it don't matter, right? Like they're not the people that we're engaged with in the arena. And so it's important to be discerning about who we show vulnerability to, right? Like, I think you did a really wonderful, compassionate thing by saying, hey, this is what's going to happen and I don't want you to be surprised by it. Like, I think that that's wonderful. And also, and I also don't want you to think that like you shouldn't have done that, right? Like you, you made that decision and it was a very kind and generous thing to do. And also, I think it's important for us to remember that like we are not better people because we are vulnerable with every person around us. We are wow. not... We are not more pure or more lovable by like being demonstrating only kindness and only niceness to everyone that we meet, even those who have hurt us. Right. Wow. That is a hard pill for me to swallow. But I'm just sitting with that truth that was so well articulated um, that so often we feel like these kindnesses are are mandatory you know like that Mm -hmm. they are that if we don't do them then oh my god what will they think and we're already stressing about what they'll think you know like what is he gonna tweet us what is his friends gonna think what's his mom gonna think or whatever um we just are not taught to to i don't know put ourselves first Many, many of us aren't taught to put ourselves first in our subconscious ordering of things i guess for sure. And that's that's real. And um, 
yeah, so I think it's important to just remember to ask yourself, like, is this vulnerability just going to going to hurt me? Like, and what are wow. the past patterns wow. here? Right. Like, wow, 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 wow. This man has phrase. diminished you and this man has has, you know, said snide things to you. Um, and so just asking yourself, like, is this is this a, an act of self-sacrifice or is this an actual act of like connection and vulnerability? Because mm. I think those are two very different things. And one of the reasons why I love blocking people without them knowing is because then they can't give you snide comments afterwards because <laughs> they can't access you. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes they don't even know. And then by the time they do know, then they you're like, peace. Yeah. <laughs> this is oh I, haven't, I haven't seen you in my life for two months. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Good luck with your jokes. <laughs> the, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, jokes. Um anyway, <laughs> blockers remorse. We hope that this helps uh and don't unblock that motherfucker. No, don't do <laughs> and it. it. And if you've unblocked him since the time that you've written this letter and we answered it, fucking block him again and don't Absolutely. tell him about it. Yes. <laughs> Got really the animated. Most, the sugar yeah, the from most, the cupcake hit me. <laughs> Seriously. That was the most straightforward advice you've ever given on this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm long-winded. What can I say? All right. Thank you, Blackers Remorse. Uh, thanks we love for writing. You. We love you so. <laughs> All right. I just repeated what you said. <laughs> you were like, thanks. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, we, thank love you. you. we love you. We love you. Yes. I said it second, so it matters more. <laughs> All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. 
That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Our next letter comes from LEW, who is writing from Brooklyn. TLDR, my friend uses dating to avoid her own self-care, and it's all she does and all she talks about. Stop talking about I... me like that. <laughs> <laughs> JK, JK. How do I indicate that I am, A, not interested in a deluge of new hinge interests and would rather talk about anything else going on in our lives, and B, that she'd be better off single for a bit because she's never actually spent any time with herself at all? Hi, Sam and Sierra. I am a 27-year-old woman, and lately I've been struggling with a friend situation. My best friend, also 27, of many, many years, is a serial dater. She has not once, since our junior year of high school, spent longer than two months completely single. She is always entering a relationship or in a relationship, and over the last 10 years, it's become really apparent that she uses relationships as a sort of crutch, and her boyfriends tend to become her primary support system when she's in a relationship. She has also struggled with significant depression and other mental health issues since we were in elementary school, and this usually translates to her struggling with her own self-care. I don't live in the same city as her anymore, but we still talk a lot, and I try to support her when and how I can, but when she is in a relationship, she mostly focuses on that, and her own self-care and other relationships sort of evaporate. She has recently exited a two-year relationship and has been on dating apps nonstop since about a week after that ended. She now is in a cycle of meeting someone on the apps, getting into a really intense thing with them that lasts two to four weeks, and then it ends, and she's basically distraught and broken up about it, and then the next day it starts over. Her last relationship basically was her best friend and the only person she put any time into in the area she lives in, so I know she feels the void left by him. But instead of reaching out to her other friends in the area, she is going on a million dates. The other night, after a particularly rough and argumentative breakup with another app person, I actually challenged her to have a night entirely devoid of the dating app so she could focus on herself and eat a good meal, finish some things she had been putting off, and get some actual rest she hadn't been sleeping. I even offered to have food delivered to her house so she wouldn't have to worry about making something. She lasted one hour, and I know this because she sent me a screenshot laughing at some conversation she was having on Hinge. I love her. We've known each other for 18 years, but I'm exhausted by it. 
I've been happily single and working on my own H&H work for a bit, and dating is not a centerpiece in my day-to-day, and that's been good for me. I was excited for her to maybe take a break from dating and focus on herself and her other friendships a bit. I'm tired of having the same conversation about this, and I even recently asked her if we could chat about other things other than her dating life, which lasted about three days. She's seeing a therapist, and I have found myself occasionally saying that she should discuss some of the things she's feeling with her therapist and setting some boundaries when I really don't feel qualified or keen to offer advice. This is honestly the worst it's ever been, and I think I'm one of the few friends she's really communicating with anymore, but I'm at my wit's end. I do not care about a single person she is meeting on these apps, but it's all we talk about. I want her to be happy and well in her own right. Is there any good way to tell someone they need to be single? Is there a good way to set up some better boundaries that I do not want to spend so much time with her on her dating life? Is there any way to help someone develop better self-care strategies when they don't seem interested in doing so? Anyway, thanks for reading. I love your podcast. It's made me feel better and a more whole person. And you are both so, so, so good at this. Thank you. That means a lot to us, Ellie. Um, And thank you so much for writing. I first want to like just validate your frustration Mm. and your concern for your friend um, because your frustration is valid as I validated it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's real. Like it sounds like you were quite simply tired and annoyed and um, concerned and Mm -hmm. all of the all of that is your real experience. And I'm also going to choose to see a lot of your concern and your frustration as like your love manifested, right? Mm-hmm. Because you care about this person and because you you see that their behavior, um, you perceive that their behavior is hurting hurting them. And I say perceive only because um, I think it's important, particularly in the context of this letter, to constantly remind ourselves that what we perceive as right or wrong, the right or wrong path for other people, can, can we cannot establish that for them, even if they're walking in the exact same step footsteps as us and mm-hmm. our path. It's just not the same. And I say that particularly because like, yeah, I see some red flags in this behavior. I see some um, unhealthy patterns here, patterns that I that I repeated in my twenties, right. That, mm-hmm. that I know for a fact, we're not good for me, but um, we can't prescribe our understanding of the universe and, and what is good or bad for us to other people, mm-hmm. at least not like holy, not, not when we boil it down to it. Right. How, right. and honestly, like on the surface level, like how we date and how our friends date don't actually have to align. Mm-hmm. You, your friend, you you two have different preferences, period, when it comes to dating and sex and relationships. And weirdly enough, and I say weirdly only because like this is our brains aren't necessarily like wired to think this way. Like just because you have different preferences doesn't mean that her preferences are wrong or bad mm. we, we have polarizing thinking we think good bad you know what i mean um mm-hmm. healthy but, unhealthy exactly um mm-hmm. and but she has she has these behaviors that she is comfortable with in whatever manifest way that manifests in her life and as an adult she's entitled to make those choices um I, as long as like all of her partners are consenting and and <laughs> yes, and whatnot yeah. 
Um, and you two want different things and that's okay. And I know that's a real, that's really hard to carry alongside your genuine concern because like, like I said, Sam and I see red flags in this behavior, right? We mm-hmm. see, we have reason to be concerned, but we have to, I think to, to bring you some peace about this relationship and potentially some clarity and more boundaries or whatever, you first need to start holding next year concerned and understanding that her behavior is her behavior alone. Mm. That's, that's so true. And, and you even ask your last question of the letter, is there any way to help someone develop better self-care strategies when they don't seem interested in doing so? The answer is no, there is no way to force someone to practice self-care strategies if they don't want to, right? Like you, we, we talked about this in the previous letter, right? Like you don't have any control of your friend. You don't have control okay. over whether she, um, you know, validates herself by going on all of these dates or she validates herself by doing a bunch of yoga, right? Like there's no, um, there's no way that you can control how she behaves and, and what she values in her life. Um, the only thing that you can control is how you react and respond mm. to her and the behavior that she brings into her relationship with you. Um, and that's a really hard pill to swallow, right? Because, you know, I think, like Sierra said, this is coming from a place of of love and concern and compassion for you, right? You just want her to 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 be less sad all the time or less mm. distraught by the things that she's doing. And you're also just frustrated and like you're sick of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And all of those things can be happening at the same time. Um, and so I, I get that it feels like, but this is a good thing. This is a good level of control, right? Mm. Like this is a good... I like I want to use my control over her for like good purposes. It's not mm-hmm. like I'm trying to be controlling. But the reality is is that like good or bad, us controlling other people is either impossible or not good, <laughs> right? Like yeah. or exploitative. <laughs> I want to pull out something you said because I I I literally am just sitting here like picturing it. The the two images you said, it was so perfect. Going on a bunch of dates or yoga, right? As <laughs> self-care. <laughs> yeah. And I I think it stood out to me because I sat here thinking like, how, how often do we see someone doing yoga, like picture somebody doing yoga or like see somebody like taking a bubble bath or, or whatever Mm. else we've drinking like a fucking green smoothie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we've prescribed that as like health and wellness when that is literally one sliver in an Mm -hmm. entire, um, like tree trunk of a human being, right? Right. Um, yep. That this this one manifestation of what we pictured uh, pictured to be health and health and what I'm trying to get at is like this is just a, a general reminder for us all that that one one um, snapshot of a human does not define the whole human themselves. And obviously, to our letter writer, like, you know, this person really well, you do, Mm -hmm. but you don't know all of them. And you don't know how they interact with the world. Um, Right? Yeah. And I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to convince you that what you're thinking about them is wrong. I'm trying to we're trying to show you how to hold it differently, so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't manifest in this stress and anxiety anymore. Um, Yes, Absolutely. But I really loved that idea, like polarizing those two things, like a bunch of dates versus doing yoga. And then I was like, I know a ton of people who do yoga who are like hella unhealthy, <laughs> like emotionally. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Yes. Um, no, and that's very true. That's that's the reality of the fact that humans are complicated and they yeah. hold multitudes. Yeah. 
Um, so I want to jump in about something that I see could help in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, is I know Sam's going to talk about boundaries because he's the king or the queen of boundaries, <laughs> whatever you want to be. Well, um, I can be both. That sounds yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but I want to talk about the act of like radically accepting your friend and your relationship. Uh, this is something that mm. freed me recently of some relationships in my life in which I was carrying some like undue worry and stress for the people that I loved. Um, and I was the caretaker in me was taking over, but it was taking over in a way that was not um, allowing me and my loved ones to be whole complicated people in on their own like i felt responsible for their wellness i felt responsible for their happiness Mm -hmm. and i carried that responsibility so heavy on my heart that it affected um it affected everything um and it really sounds like from this letter you you want this person in your life but you're getting really frustrated and bothered and um tired you're getting tired and you're concerned and so what that all is telling me is that you're at a tipping point where you don't want to lose this relationship but you need to find a way to change the way you carry it and for me that was changing the way i carry my worry you know Mm -hmm. like how, how what does that manifest as so radical acceptance is like a practice of accepting life for exactly what it is. Um, and for me, radically accepting someone is to accept that this is wholly who they are, regardless of what I think they should or should not do. And mm. that I, no matter how much I worry about them or no matter how much I tell them what to do, um, that, that I have no control over them. And in fact, like first, before I worry about them, I have to accept them. This is who they are. This mm. is who they are. This is who your friend is. Holy. It is not mm-hmm. that she is um, an unfinished or a broken version of herself. This is who your friend mm. is. Um, I and love that. That's such a good point. Yeah. If we refuse to accept the truth, it we we think as though like if we if we keep thinking like, oh, my God, like they just need to do this. They just need to do this and then they'll be happy. They just need to do this. Um we think as though that will somehow stop what is true from being true. But yes. accepting the truth doesn't mean that we're agreeing with it. We're just we're just coming to terms with it. Absolutely. I think that that that's a great question to ask yourself, Ellie. Is it that you do you want your friend to stop talking about this so much or do you want your friend to be a different person? <laughs> right? Because that's those are two very different things. And if you are if you are thinking about your friend as being like, I don't want a friend, I don't want my friend to be doing all of these things. Like that's not, that's not it. Right. (laughs) Like that's right. That's not radical acceptance. That's like trying to make your friend into something that she's not at this point. Um, And if, if, if she's not meeting your expectations of her, then you either need to change your expectations or you need to let go of this friendship. Yeah. Cause friends can break up. Friends can break up. Yep. So, but I do want to offer some like, also some other advice too, right? Like that is advice in sort of yeah, how this to is hold like and the internal this. stuff. And then yes, we'll give yep. you some external stuff. Perfect. Um, which is about sort of establishing those boundaries with your friends. It sounds like you've, you've tried to do that already, which is really great to say like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And she sort of, again, overstepped that boundary. Um, but again, it's not up to your friends to, to maintain your boundaries for you. It's about you. So, so when she starts 
getting back into that same pattern after three days, it, you, you need to reinforce and say like, friend, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, and I'm try- I've been trying to think of like how I would say this to someone who I yeah. love in a mm-hmm. way that is about me, right? And not about them, not about I judging statements. them or trying to change them, but about me and what I need out of this relationship. And I think what I would say is to say, hey, friends, um, you know, I love you dearly. I'm so glad to have you in my life. I'm not feeling a lot of space for myself in this relationship. Mm. I'm not feeling a lot of space to talk about the things that I want to talk about that are important to me that I'm really excited to, to engage with you on. Can we make a commitment to talk less about some of the the dates that you're going on and more about other things that are also of interest to me? Because I want to maintain this friendship and I want to be in your life, but I'm not feeling like I can show up in the way right. that I want to um, and see how that goes and and see, because that's really honestly at the end of the day, what you're feeling like, you're not feeling seen, you're not feeling heard. This friend is taking up a lot of space with stuff that feels unimportant to you. So how can you ask for what you actually need, which is more space to engage this person on things that, that aren't necessarily about her. And if she's incapable of doing that, then the question becomes of how do you take a step back from this relationship, which is asking a lot of you and not giving you a lot in return. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't say that lightly, right? Like I'm not like, Oh, I baked her cookies and she didn't bake me cookies. So now we're not friends anymore. But like, like sort of existentially, you want how my is this nourishing? <laughs> I, yeah, well, you ate a cupcake in front of me and didn't <laughs> offer me one. So <laughs> anyway, uh, this friendship is over. Just kidding. Um, but like fundamentally, like nutritiously, like yeah. is this relationship actually sort of helping you grow and helping you become the person that you want to be? Or is it asking a lot of you asking in a way that isn't helping either of you? And right. I have had situations where I've had friends who have done similar things and been sort of on a on a dating spiral and wanted to talk to me about people who treated them really poorly. And that's all I wanted to talk about. And I've had to make the decision to sort of step back from those friendships and and communicate less and say, like, I appreciate that this is what you want to talk about, but um, I'm not super interested in talking about it. And some of those relationships died off. Right. And I'm not friends with those people anymore. And some of them, I'm still friends with them. Right. Like, yeah. They sort of got over this period and and realized the things that they were doing weren't super helpful for them or like found other things that fulfilled them in different ways. And and we're back to being good friends again. Right. Exactly. And I don't want you to think that like all that internal advice that we gave you about like accepting this person, it's we're not trying to tell you to like like this behavior or to not be stressed out by this behavior. Um, for sure. Because if you, you know, if you do all this inner work, And then still are like, oh, my God, she's still talking about these people. Then that is obviously a sign to me that, like Sam said, you just need space. You, Mm -hmm. you know, you're allowed to change your behavior and your relationship with this person to avoid the unwanted stressors and behaviors that this relationship brings. You're not going to change this person, but you can change the way you relate to them. Absolutely. And it's it's just like in a in a romantic relationship, right? When we talk about how waiting for potential, right? I think that's what the radical acceptance is about is like looking at this person and saying like this is their 100%. Yeah. Like this it feels to me like 30, but it for them it's 100%. And and is that is that actually uh nutritious for you? Is that actually serving you well in a in a sort of 
existential profound way. And it, it might not be, and that's okay. It's okay to take a step away from things that, and people that are causing us to um, diminish ourselves over and over again. Yeah, totally. Um, we hope that this helps. We know that you're in, like, we know that the situation weighs heavy on your heart. It's obvious. Mm. And it's obviously mm-hmm. you care about this person. And I don't want you to think you're, you're being selfish or a bad friend by literally just having your limits met. Like you are at capacity with this person and mm-hmm. that's okay. They're on their own journey too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We hope we this love helps. you. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With over 2,300 hotels across the U.S. and Canada, Best Western is perfect for our annual spring hiking trip. It feels a little like... Hmm. Back to the hotel. What a great day. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western. All right, our last letter is from Anonymous Anonymous, who's writing to us from Canada. I'm a 28-year-old woman who's having trouble imagining ever dating anyone again. I feel really broken at the moment. The thought of being vulnerable, both emotionally and physically, with another human being makes me want to cry, and I'm not sure how to fix that. For deep background, my father was emotionally abusive and a pathological liar. He stopped visiting us when I was nine out of his choice rather than mine. It was a lot. I remember not long after thinking about the fact that I would die alone because no one would ever was ever going to love me. I guess after telling myself that for 19 years, it's a hard belief to shake. I've been working so hard at my mental health, and I know logically it isn't true, but emotionally it still feels so, so true. I have not had much dating experience. I've had two relationships, both lasting around two years, and dated two other men. The first relationship was fine, but we were both lonely, and I think we were together out of that more than anything else. The second was less fine, but not terrible. We were badly suited, and I knew I wanted to end it quickly. I eventually fell in love with someone else. I'll call him Ben, which isn't his real name. It was brief, and it may sound silly to say, but Ben felt like the love of my life from the moment we clicked. It felt like real, true, good love. I felt loved, adored even, for the first time, and I felt seen. He made me feel so big and brave. And then he broke up with me because truly he was in love with his best friend. I knew he had feelings for her. I think I just didn't realize how deep they ran, especially as they were and still are unreciprocated. He was in a messy place, fresh from a divorce. So I don't think he realized quite how badly he hurt me. We tried to remain friends, but I cut off contact near the beginning of this year because it was just too painful for me. After trying and failing to get over Ben, I went on some dates with a new person earlier this year. I was trying to move on, but it was just not good. It moved too quickly. It went further than I wanted because I didn't know how to stop it. This dating experience left me feeling kind of ashamed and not great. He was nice enough, but I didn't feel any sort of way towards him at the end. To be clear, none of this was non-consensual. It was just regrettable. 
It also made me realize that in my head, I was secretly saving myself for Ben, even though I know he doesn't love me back. In recent months, I've had two friends let me down in a big way when they made promises they couldn't keep about supporting me through something. I totally understand and respect their right to change their mind, and I don't hold it against them, but it still really hurt and felt almost like a rejection. That was the last straw, I think, that made me feel like I couldn't trust people. So now I don't know what to do about the fact that I'm so afraid of being hurt again. It's a hard limit inside of me that I can feel. I want to respect my own boundary, but I'm so terrified of what that means. I've always been someone who seeks good connections, who makes themselves vulnerable to forge deep relationships with friends, family, and lovers, but I don't think I can do it again, not even platonically, which isn't great when I've moved to a new city and have only one friend so far. It's also been a year and a half since Ben broke my heart. I've been through so much worse in my life. I don't get why this is the thing that has broken me. I think it's because it made me feel like I could be loved, that someone could get to know me and still love me instead of, as I usually had with my previous two partners, feeling the moment they learned something about me that broke the illusion. But instead of making me believe that it could happen again, I feel terrified it could happen again and end the same way. I don't think I could trust anyone who truly showed me love now, the same way I learned to stop trusting those who didn't give me enough care. The latter is easy to avoid. The former, well, I can't actually have a relationship again if I'm too scared to let anyone love me. Hell, I can barely have any new friendships if I don't learn how to work through this feeling. What can I do to fix this? I have a therapist and I know I'm young and this feeling won't last forever, but I want to be proactive in finding a way through this. I'm so tired of feeling this way. I at least just want to move on from Ben, who, despite all of it, everything, still feels like the love of my life, even though I wasn't his. But I would really like to feel lovable again and like I could trust anyone who told me they cared about me in the future. I feel so broken. Thank you so much for writing Anonymous Anonymous. We love you so much. Absolutely. And I think this is one of those letters where we get to the end of it and I just want to like sit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and and just say, yeah, you know, there's um, there's so much in this letter that is that is really difficult and hard and challenging. Um, and it's. I don't want to immediately jump into uh, this false sense of like, it'll all be better. Like, here's right. the things that you do. Right. It, I just want to sit in it and say like, life fucking sucks sometimes. <laughs> like it yeah. just, there are moments in our lives, I think where, where we just realize like how difficult it is to be a human and to be alive and how difficult it is to be in relationship with people who will constantly disappoint us, who will constantly yeah. let us down. Um, and I just want to sit in that for a minute and say, like, yeah, I see you. I'm here with you. That it sucks. It sucks to be in in this type of feeling and and this type of moment in your life. Yeah, I do. That was my instinct. That like anonymous. I just want you to take a moment. Um, like if we were together, like crying over this together, I would just want to like touch you consensually and say like this has been a crazy hard couple of years this mm-hmm. you you like this has just been a lot you're carrying a lot right now 
And I feel your desire to to move through this terrible time to like, quote, not be broken or to fix it or to mm-hmm. do the right thing so that that this isn't happening anymore. Um, but even that anxiety, even that desire to like move through this denotes that you're doing something wrong. You know, mm. sometimes we just need to like sit in our pain and say what's happening. And And Sam and I want to hold space for that. Like this is just... Like Sam said, life sucks sometimes. Breaking up sucks. Being rejected by someone we love is a pain unlike any other pain. And mm-hmm. we have the audacity to expect our poor human f- bodies to, to carry that pain with not only like grace, but like endurance, you know, mm. to like Americanize it. Like we want to like win it. <laughs> we want to, <laughs> we want to like, we want to overcome our sadness when sometimes what sadness needs most is to be seen and held. Um, and I hope that, I hope that we can make you feel that way today. Sure. Yeah. And I just want to say with everything you've been through friend, no wonder you're feeling like you can't trust people, right? right. No wonder you're feeling like you, you can't be loved. Um, it, you're not broken for feeling that way, right? Like you are, you are dealing with a lot of things that have happened to you from a long time ago, from very recently. Um, and it, it's not a failing that you're feeling this way. It's right. just, it's a response to the shit that you're going through. Um, and I just want to say, like, I, I don't want you to feel like you're somehow not getting through this appropriately, mm-hmm. or that you are not responding the right way to this. Um, yeah. It's no wonder that you're feeling this way. Just. Yeah. Um, and Sam and I are going to give you like, again, like I said earlier, like we aren't trying to change your feelings. We're trying to give you a different way to carry something. Um, mm-hmm. So I do, I want to talk about like a couple of things or unpack a couple of ideas with you, but Sam and I, you know, especially in a letter like this, I and Sam and I preach abundance and we preach hope and and we believe in those things but we also don't want to like um gaslight you into positivity like I think that's why <laughs> right. Sam and I led with the idea that this just sucks like sometimes we just need to sit in it you know mm-hmm. and not pressure ourselves to 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 make it through something that we are not equipped in this very moment to fucking conquer or whatever um Mm -hmm. so the first thing i mean like what that reminds me of is so in therapy recently i i I feel in your letter i feel connected to a lot of things and one of the things that stood out to me anonymous was your it it sits heavy on my heart but i also i feel very kindred with it is the idea that you for so long have told yourself and believed the narrative that you are no one is ever going to love you and that you know you're an adult now you're in therapy you know it isn't true logically but emotionally it feels so true i think that is such a, a, a profound and articulate way to describe what so many of us experience like we our emotional intelligence tells us one thing 
you know, our, 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 our heads tell us one thing that we know is true, right? That like, uh-huh. it's, you know, nobody's ever going to love me like my ex did. Well, we know that's not true, but in your heart, it feels so, so true. And for me, I really struggle with believing that I'm a good person. Um, I really mm. struggle with self-love, even though it is literally the currency that I barter. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> you your <know>? brand. so <laughs> It's my brand, but I just... So in therapy, I've been talking about this, that like I can talk all of the self-love talk, um, but it, I, when I say I love myself and, I know, and I'm a good person, I feel like I'm reading the script. There feels like mm-hmm. a disconnection from, from me and believing it. And I was talking to my therapist the other day about, I just said, I, I want to be able to say that and mean it. And my therapist said, oh, it just takes time. She said it like off the cuff. It just takes, <laughs> oh, that takes time. And, part, and I was like, what? <laughs> you know, um, I was, part of me was really surprised by like the flippancy of her answer. And I was, part of me was also really comforted by it because that st- statement, the fact that like it, it wasn't the idea that it takes time to love yourself freed me of the responsibility of immediacy. It mm. freed me of the idea that I was doing something wrong and therefore that's why I didn't love myself. You know, like it, it mm-hmm. freed me of, of the urgency of, of the, of the pressure I was putting on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think similarly, like you're going through a lot. This has been a shitty year. You're heartbroken. You still love your ex. This is, these are all things that don't make you broken, but instead make you incredibly human. Right. Mm. But it is, it is not a failing of you to get through these things immediately. It's not a failing of you to be disappointed by your friends because they disappointed you. It's not a, it's not even a failing of your life that you are going through a hard time right now, but Mm. instead it just, takes time to get through things. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's such a good point. Like, I love that idea around urgency um, and like efficiency. And like we should be getting through our, ourselves. yeah. Like we should be getting through these things efficiently. Mm. Um, and like, that's, that is a hallmark of capitalism and white supremacy that we have internalized <laughs> I <know>. folks. Like, <laughs> I know. And I think it's, um, I think it's important for us to challenge that in ourselves and in our expectations of others too, to say like this stuff that we're going through, these, these traumas and these um, realities of being a human aren't just things that we can move through with urgency. They are things that need to be valued and understood mm-hmm. and deeply invested in as a, because that's what, that is what builds towards us being fully actualized people who can make decisions out of abundance as opposed to scarcity and out of love as opposed to pain. And, and the idea that we can do that quickly and efficiently undermines the very thing that we're trying wow. to do. Um, and I'm not saying that to you specifically anonymous. I'm saying that to sort of myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and to like, and to other folks who I think, um, you know, we're being constantly sold a bill of goods around the things that will get us to enlightenment. And the reality is, is that it's a slow process. Um, and I, I love anonymous that you are in that right now and you are, you are sitting in it and appreciating it and working through it in a way that I find honestly, um, incredibly inspiring and beautiful that you are, it takes a lot to be able to write a letter like this, and not necessarily think like what 
there is something else that I need here. But just to sort of sit in it and say, here's all the things that have happened to me and I don't know what to make of it. Mm. Right? Like, like, yeah, me too. I don't know what to make of all of the things wow. that have come together to create me. And that's actually a wonderful and human expression or a thing to express. So I just am, I'm, I'm so admiring of you and your, your willingness to even be vulnerable in writing this letter to us, to two strangers who are going to totally. read it in front of thousands of other strangers and say like, this is how I'm feeling. And I just want you all to, to see and hear it and find something in there that you might also see and hear yeah. in yourself. Yeah. To say I'm lost, I'm hurting to literally be seen, which is what mm. you felt with Ben. And I want to just take a mo- moment to pull that out and, and, and to let's, let's take, let's take love and romance off that pedestal. And again, to say how beautiful it is to be seen by two strangers across the ocean who are talking on Zoom right now. We see you. We see this pain. You are seen right now by the entire Just Break Up audience. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to... I want to pull out uh, what I talked about in the last letter really quickly, uh, radical acceptance as well. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make you like vomit out a Hallmark card of positivity <laughs> right now. Like, I don't want right. you to repeat the mantra of, um, you know, good things are coming or whatever, or this is a part of my journey. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Although it is, right? <laughs> yes. um, yep. But, you know, to add on what I was saying earlier, so radical acceptance um, is particularly hard when life is painful. That's all our brains do is is we don't accept what is hurting, right? Because we say like, this isn't happening. This isn't real. Um, I don't want to face that. I, you know, it, that is our brain's natural defense mechanism. So it, it is, mm-hmm. this is all normal, but it. Those experiences of pain, this this heartbreak that you are experiencing is a part of life, a sad and painful and unfortunate part of life. And the m- my argument for practicing radical acceptance, and I'll talk about what that could look like, um, mm. is that when life sucks and you avoid or resist these emotions... Um, or even catastrophize them, like make them bigger than what they are. Then you, then you, you pro, you add to this pre-existing suffering. You, you add to this narrative of of how unlovable and terrible your life is. Um, mm. And I read recently that another word for acceptance is acknowledgement, and I felt really empowered by that because in my darkest moments, in my, in the longest, heaviest periods of my life in which I experienced loss or heartbreak or depression or whatever, something that really helped me move through it is to just say it, is to just say, oh, it's been a really hard year. I'm acknowledge, mm-hmm. acknowledge what's going on, right? Anonymous, mm-hmm. my friends disappointed me. I have mm-hmm. a, I have a right to make, take up space in my relationships. So it doesn't matter how much I understand why or how they disappointed me. I'm still hurt. I'm hurt mm-hmm. by my friends. I feel lonely. I'm, I feel isolated from them. Mm-hmm. A person I loved deeply doesn't want to be with me anymore. Gosh, that hurts. I just need to sit in it. I, 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 that is where I am. I'm nowhere mm-hmm. else, right? I don't need to be anywhere else. Um, I'm not giving up or being passive or being hopeless or failing at anything. I'm just hurting. I'm just mm-hmm. hurting. And... I think that practicing some acceptance of of where you are 
almost gives you a little bit more grace, just like my therapist. Like all of a sudden I was relieved of that pressure, right? To, 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 to not be here because you are and, and and hurting is okay. Hurting is a part of life. This is not to say that there isn't like hope. Um, and I'm, you know, like I have to, just because it is my TM brand, (laughs) copyright branding. Um, Uh I have to tell you how incredibly lovable you are and, how incredibly worthy of love and being seen you are. But right now in this moment, I mostly just want you to know that you're not alone and that Mm -hmm. you're allowed to feel all these heavy emotions and you're allowed to feel all of this and believe in the future and believe in yourself. Absolutely. And I think that that believing in yourself piece also comes through here. And, And from what I get from your letter, it feels like you are feeling like you've lost your sense of self because you are not capable right now of being in sort of vulnerable, deep relationship with the people around you. And I I want to just say to you that I think it's such a wonderful thing that, you know, despite all of the things that you've been through and all of the heartache that you've had, that so many of us have also had, that you are still committed to that, that, wanting to be in authentic, vulnerable relationship with people, even if you feel like you're not capable of doing it right now. And the fact that you can't right now doesn't mean that you are not the person that you were, right? When I was training for a half marathon a couple of years ago, I was like three weeks from the race and I got horrible tendonitis in my leg. um, And it meant that I couldn't run for like eight to 12 weeks. And and that was really hard because I was like, I'm a runner. Like, I, if I'm not running, then what am I doing? But it just, it didn't mean that I wasn't a runner. It just meant that my body wasn't physically capable of running right I now. I love this analogy. Right? It didn't mean I wasn't a runner. It just meant that I had overextenuated myself. I had injured myself and I needed to take the time not doing the thing that I so loved and that so felt like such a part of my personality so that I could do it again later. And the reality is, is that like right now you have been hurt. The muscle that you use to extend love and empathy and trust and vulnerability to other people has been injured. Has you've been hurt by, by the way that that muscle has been used by other people. And that doesn't mean that you're not a kind, empathetic, vulnerable person. Doesn't mean you don't have that muscle. Absolutely. It just means you, you are in a place right now where you want to give that muscle some rest. You want to just let it sit there for a little bit because it's a lot of work. It is. It is It is not easy to be in deep, vulnerable, authentic relationship with people. So I want to say to you, you are still that person. You will still continue to be that person. And it is okay to be that person and also let that muscle rest for a while. Yeah. It's okay to let it heal after it's been hurt. And, and I don't want you to lose your sense of self in this because you are still that same person. You're still lovable. You are still capable of doing it. And it's okay to say, I'm not going to do that right now I because I rest. just need some time. Yep. I need yeah. a moment to heal. Yeah. Um, there are like, if you're wondering or listening at home, anybody that like, you know, I want the steps. I want the steps to like how I can open my heart back up again. They're out there. We, you know, listen to the other 119 episodes <laughs> that we have. Um, and I don't mean that snarkily. I just mean like, I think that a a step, basically what Sam is getting at is a step that we often forget about is softness, is, Mm. is tenderness, is letting ourselves 
feel and acknowledge our whole human experience. Um, mm-hmm. So anonymous, um, it's not, Sam and I believe we can get you can get through this. We mm-hmm. believe that you can can um, can love and trust again, as Sam says. Um, but we also believe you deserve tenderness and softness and time um, time to heal and to acknowledge all that you've been through and endured. Absolutely. And that, I'll just say that I don't think you need the steps because you know what to do. You've mm, been doing it for your whole life, that. right? You've, you've had these relationships and friendships. You know how to do it. And it's okay to say, I know how to do that and I'm not going to do it right now. And that's, right. that's really what we want to create space for is to say, this is, this is the way you've been living your life um, since you were nine years old, right? And also, it's okay to say that that's not how you're going to live your life right now because you need something different. Boom. Totally agree. All right, Anonymous Anonymous, um, we hope you feel seen and loved and held and a little bit less alone. We hope this helps. We do. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right. This brings you to the blind brings you and us. <laughs> you listener to the blind date segment. <laughs> yeah, it brings us to the blind date segment of the episode. Every show we want to shout out something we love to set you up with. This week we are sending you home with a holiday movie called Happiest Season. Ah uh, yes. I'm sure you've watched it. <laughs> Actually, uh, I haven't. <laughs> oh, it's very good. It's on Hulu. It is. Um, it stars Kristen Stewart and uh, another actress whose name I don't know. Um, but it also has Dan Levy from Schitt's oh Creek, who huge, I love. It has um, Mary Holland, who's part of this really funny um, all-women comedy troupe that Peter loves. And she actually wrote the movie, and she's so funny in it. Um, and also Aubrey Plaza, who um, who knew was so beautiful. I knew. <laughs> I, I did not i was like watching this movie and she came on the screen and i was like um i'm a six on the kinsey scale but i might have sex with aubrey plaza if she consents to it <laughs> yeah she's hella gorgeous she's, um she is beautiful so tell me what your feelings were for the movie um it's great it's there's like lots a, of queer chatter on the twitters for sure it's a it's a like a holiday romantic comedy it's like gimmicky and silly and funny and you know there's a thing in the third act that causes them to break apart and then come back together right um but i just love that the fact that it's like centered on two lesbian characters who are in this relationship and um feels really authentic to both sort of normalizing the fact that these relationships happen and also recognizing that they are not just straight relationships masquerading as as homosexual um and it's and i really appreciate sort of the the nuance there and also it's just like really funny and charming and and you and love christmas movies i do love christmas movies i'm a big christmas boy um and this is one of the ones where i was like oh this is like this is something that i would watch for multiple years afterwards Cute. we yeah. were uh, I, I would slap a i read this online but i would slap a trigger warning onto it if you are if 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 stories of being put back into the closet are traumatizing to you, then don't watch the movie. Sure. But, but I also will say that it handles it. Yeah. It is not a gimmick that it happens. It is like a central point totally. like, of the relationship itself. Um, It's not just like a funny like, oh, they have to be in back in the closet. It's like this is the actual physical conflict between yeah, these two people totally. um, and what that means for both that both of them and how they're experience in it is different because they are two different people who have had different experiences yeah, which I yeah, appreciate. yeah yeah i'm excited i'm gonna watch it and we were asked we are asked about our feelings a lot on instagram but i 
have not responded to any of those DMs yet. So. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's called The Happiest Season. It's available for streaming on Hulu. Excellent. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakupPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. You can get free shipping from now until Friday, December 11th at midnight. Check it out. We've got new sweatshirts, T-shirts, tote bags, literal red flags, stickers. Super cute. Check it out. Free shipping. Bam, awesome bam, bam. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Please follow us so that you can get your episode every Monday exclusively on Spotify and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash pod. This literally keeps the mics on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Big Cats, a.k.a. Spencer. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, it's time to accept others exactly for who they are. To stop trying to gain control over what was never in your control. To remember that you are not your circumstances or your past or even your pain. You are on a path that is uniquely and wholly yours. And if all else fails, just break up.